You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. The truth of scripture, how do you obey it? By the power that the Holy Spirit gives you. Through the Spirit, through His help, His strength, His peace, His enabling, that's how we walk in biblical truth. And as we walk in it, it's purifying our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's the soul, suke. That's the Greek word, your soul is your mind. When you surrender to God's perfect love, do you experience rapid growth in your life? Today, Pastor Jeff illustrates that by immersing yourself in God's love, your life will rapidly change for the better. God's love will never fail you and will only serve to carry you to the finish line. Stand as an unwavering force in propelling you towards self-discovery and purpose. Embrace this transformative journey, allowing God's love to consume you and witness how it shapes you into the person you are always meant to be. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Bible and Your Sanctifications. The word for gird up, he says, gird up the loins of your mind, is a Greek word meaning no slackness or looseness. And it points to your thought life. Okay? All of our mental powers, our thoughts, should focus on the imminent revelation or the return of Jesus Christ. He says, gird up the, lo- gird up, gird up the loins of your mind. Get a hold of your thoughts. Guide your thoughts heavenward. If we, since we are dead with Christ, Let us focus on the things above, not on things of the earth. For we are dead and our life is hidden with Christ in God, Colossians writes. So all of our thoughts, as much as possible, everything that is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, if there be any virtue and any praise, think, think, steer your thoughts on those things, Philippians 4.8. We're also to be sober. All right, which literally means, I'm telling you, not drunk. Duh. All right, but that's what it means. Symbolically, for us, spiritually speaking, it's to be self-controlled and to think clearly. Think clearly. I don't like anything that takes away my clarity of thought. Seriously, nothing. I, I don't want anything to take away my clarity of thought. Now, I'm not saying what I'm about to say to condemn anybody. I'm not. But I don't touch alcohol. Uh, Not privately, not publicly, not ever. Um, And it's been that way a really long time. Because I want a clear mind. I'm supposed to think soberly. I don't want the devil to slip up on me. I, I don't want the wrong kind of thoughts to slip up on me. I want to be able to discern the times. I want the word of God to come alive to me. So I'm not saying, listen, please don't take this wrong. I'm just telling you my own testimony. That's all. You can do what you want. Chew the meat and spit out the bones, right? But, uh, and I want to be able to say to anybody that's in Celebrate Recovery, for instance, if they were to come up to me and say, Pastor, do you, do you struggle with alcohol? I want to be able to say, no. Because I have another wine. Right? Right? It's called new wine. I'm going to move on. Please don't, don't take this wrong. I, I'm not, 
listen, I love you right where you are, and I'm not telling you you got to do what I do. But if, in case you wonder, that's what I do. Okay? Now, it says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the, to the lusts that used to control you, as in your ignorance, when you were ignorant about spiritual things. As the Bible so often teaches, we're not to uh, allow ourselves to be shaped and molded by this current culture, Lord, especially now. Our culture has gone wacko, banana, crazy. <laughs> up is down, down is up, right is wrong, wrong is right, good is bad, bad is good. I feel like I'm in another world sometimes. So if there ever there was a time you and I needed to be focused clearly on God, and not be conformed to this world, to resist it every day, it's now. And as the Bible so often teaches, we're not to allow it. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We were, used to be ignorant, but no longer. Amen? Everybody say with me, I'm not ignorant anymore. Verse 15, but he, as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, because it's written, be holy for I am holy. Now, Peter is pulling straight out of Leviticus 11.44 here, which says, be ye holy for I am holy. Now, God has called us Christians to live a clean life. Not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. Neither are you. That's why church is not perfect, because we're here, right? You want a perfect church, empty it out and just leave chairs. Then you've got a perfect church, right? No muss, no fuss. The command to be holy sounds daunting, right? But here's the deal. God's commands are always accompanied with his enablings. Always. So he never calls us to something that we cannot do in his power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can live a clean life through Christ. Can we say that together? I can live a clean life through Christ. Absolutely. Not perfect, but clean, right? I mean, right? I mean, compared to you, the world, the, what they're living in, what they're being taken by, it breaks my heart. I pray. I pray for revival. I pray for awakening because our world is so deceived right now. There's a reason the Holy Spirit is called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live a clean life. And what's living inside of you right now? God's spirit, true, but God's what kind of spirit? Holy. So it makes sense that the first thing he's going to want to do is get us holy along with him. Verse 17, if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Now that's not the word phobos, meaning terror or tormenting fear. But it means you have an awesome respect for God and his call on your life and his call to live a clean life. All right? You have respect. In order to live holy, look what he says. If you call on the Father, how do you live holy? You got to call on the Father. Peter's stressing a life dependent on the Father's help. You can't live holy without the Father, neither can I. Hebrews urges us to do this regularly. This is one of my favorite verses. Let us therefore come boldly. Let's read this together. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace 
that we may obtain mercy and find the grace for what reason? To help us in time of need. I pray this all the time. If Jeff Wickwire needs anything every day, it's mercy. I don't want justice. Justice, I'm all smoke. I want mercy. I need mercy. How many of you need mercy and not justice? Right? Because if we got justice, we'd be in real trouble. But I want mercy. And then on top of mercy, I want grace. And I pray that all the time. I pray it all the time. This verse, I love that verse. So we serve a heavenly father who is approachable and readily gives us mercy and not justice and grace, which is the enabling to do his will. Amen. Peter also mentions having a healthy fear of God, not terrified fear, as I already said, not tormenting fear, but reverential, respectful fear. Why? Because without partiality, he judges according to everyone's work. Nobody, nobody, nobody is God's favorite except Jesus. Okay? God judges people by what they do and what they say. He has no favorites. If you're a president or a pauper, it doesn't matter. God judges everyone by their works, and we reap according to our works and words. So as Christians, we should do and say as those who are aware of being watched and heard by the living God. I have a little saying, what's the fear of the Lord? It's the continual awareness that God is watching and weighing every one of my thoughts, words, actions, and attitudes. That's the fear of the Lord. Okay? So I'm always trying to keep an awareness. Wow. What I said, he heard. What I did, he saw. Any attitude I'm copying, he's aware of it. Okay? That's the fear of the Lord. And so I'm in respect of God. I'm not in dread, terror of God, but I respect the Heavenly Father. And if I sin, and we all will and do, I take it to him. And I say, forgive me. And I do it quick. Amen? Everybody with me tonight, say amen. amen. Okay, we're coming towards the end. 18 and 19, knowing. Everybody say knowing. knowing. You were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct <clears throat> received by tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's what redeemed you. Peter points out the only currency that can save us is the shed blood of Christ. Amen? Amen? That's the only currency that can save us. Amen. Hebrews says, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves like in the Old Testament, he entered, that is Jesus, the most holy place, once for all, and secured our, our redemption forever. He never has to do it again. It's done once for all. He indeed was foreordained. Well, there's a million-dollar theological word. Verse 20, before the foundation of the world, he was foreordained, but was manifest in these last times for you. Now, here's a mind bender. We got to accept what the word tells us because it's hard to wrap your mind around this. But it's telling us before the world was created, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost had a meeting. They knew 
man was going to fall. Jesus stepped forward and said, I will die for them. And it was decided in eternity's past so that when Adam fell, God was not shocked. He wasn't surprised. He knew it was going to happen. They had already, the Godhead, had already planned way ahead of time for that moment. So before God stooped down to fashion Adam out of clay, before he flung the stars into space, before he ever said, let there be light, Jesus had already said, I will go for them. And I will die for them. He did it before time began. Everybody say mind bender. It's a mind bender, but it's true. Because God doesn't inhabit time. We do. Everything in our world rots, rusts, decays, falls apart. <laughs> have you looked in the mirror lately? <laughs> right? Say, so, where'd that come from? How many of you have talked to a mirror and said, when did you warp? <laughs> right? But have you noticed everything? It's entropy. Second law of thermodynamics, entropy. It says everything is decaying. Everything is winding down. The only thing not winding down, the only thing defying entropy is your inner man. Because it says our inner man is renewed day by day. Day by day. Though the outer man perish and rots and decays and gets worse and oh my, the inner man is renewed day by day. It's the only thing in God's world that is daily renewed. Everything else is experiencing entropy. It's on the way down. Verse 21, who through him, we believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. It is through Jesus' death and resurrection that we believe in the God of the Bible. Amen. God raised him from the dead so that our faith would rest only in him. My faith isn't in Jeff. It's not in politics, not in anything. My faith is only in the one who got up from the dead. Amen? Verse 22, since you have purified your souls, how do you purify your soul? Watch, in obeying the truth. Through the Spirit's help, in sincere love of the brethren. What a loaded verse. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Now Peter is directing our attention to the role of the Holy Spirit in our sanctification. Now we're coming to the close here, but I want you to say with me, sanctification. sanctification. What is it? What is Sanctification. Okay, our souls are purified. How? How do we get pure? By obeying the truth of Scripture. How do you obey it? By the power that the Holy Spirit gives you. Through the Spirit, through His help, His strength, His peace, His enabling, that's how we walk in biblical truth. And as we walk in it, it's purifying our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's the soul. Suke. That's the Greek word. Your soul is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's that you part of you, your personality. That's your soul. And how's it purified? By obeying the truth through the power of the Spirit of God. Sanctification is the Holy Spirit's work of setting us apart from the world. How does it happen? 
obeying the truth through the power of the Spirit. How many of you had a choice today to either go with the world or go with God? Come on, tell the truth. Okay, yeah. So how did you obey God? Through the strength and power and conviction of the Holy Spirit. Did you not? Yeah. All right. Now there's two kinds of sanctification. There is positional and practical. Everybody say positional and practical. Two kinds of sanctification, setting aside. Positional sanctification has to do with our standing before God in Christ, what he has done for us, who we are in him. Who are we in him? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a called out people that we should show forth the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Right? Now, uh, but it's positional. It is, it is what God has declared you to be. See, when God looks at you and me, he's got on sunglasses. S-O-N. Glasses. He sees you through the sun. He sees you through the sun. So what does that mean? He doesn't see the imperfections, the flaws, all the things that you're always beating yourself up over. No, because the blood has covered you. That's positional sanctification. In God's eyes, we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are sons and daughters of the living God. And when he looks at us, he sees, now I'm not telling you you're a little God. Ain't none of us a little God. But I'm saying to you, he sees you through the lens of his son's shed blood. So he sees you like he sees him. But then there's practical sanctification. And practical sanctification has to do with our daily walk which is often imperfect. I was imperfect today. What about you? Oh, I was definitely imperfect today. I got impatient with some things, irritated with some people about some things, irritated with myself about some things, kind of beat myself up over a couple of things and then realized I'm not going there, devil, leave me. But I was doing it. I'm so imperfect. I'm so flawed. I'm not what I used to be but I'm not what I'm going to be. I'm a work in progress, and I've learned i got to be patient with me because he's patient with me. But I'm so glad for practical sanctification, and I'm really glad for the positional sanctification because as I'm trying as God's child to grow and develop and be like Jesus, I'm falling and skinning my knees from time to time. And And he's working with me. So we sometimes stumble and fall. Can I have an Amen. Well, that was a good amen. And, and, and we succumb to temptation. Anybody, anybody uh, 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 succumb to temptation yet in 2023? Oh, and the rest of you, look at you. You just now succumb to the temptation to lie. So here's practical sanctification is the growing up in Jesus process. All right? It relates to our ongoing spiritual growth. That's practical That's what the Holy Spirit was put in us to bring about. Uh, So by the Spirit's power, we daily step more and more in line with positional sanctification. It's called growing up, maturing. Sure, I still mess up some, but not like I did 20 years ago. 
Are you with me? Because yeah. I'm growing. How about you? Are you growing? Yeah. Come on. The Spirit of God convicts us of our sins. We turn to Christ for forgiveness. And with the forgiveness comes a fresh commitment to God's will and plan. And through this ongoing process, we grow into the fullness of the stature of Christ, Ephesians 4.13. Peter notes that as we grow in sanctification, we also grow in love for the brethren. Now listen to this. Pure hearts love best. The more pure we get by obeying the truth through the help of the Spirit, the better we can love. Because pure hearts love best. We're commanded to love one another fervently. Boy, I don't see that in church a whole lot of the time. It's more like I can stand them for a church service, then I'm out of here. And I've had people tell me, I just can't go anymore. It's full of hypocrites. I'm just going to be out here just loving Jesus on my own. I say, okay, you are being a hypocrite out there loving Jesus on your own. Because you say you love Jesus, then you're telling me that you are going to go against his word in your lifestyle. Because the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Come be a hypocrite with all the rest of us. We all love one another, and we all mess up from time to time. <laughs> Verse 23, having been born again, how did, were we born again? Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. He uses the word born again which we should never lose the wonder of. Are you with me? We should never. Think of where you were. Well, think about it. And look where you are now on a Wednesday night, sitting in a church building. Amen. What happened to you? By a literal miracle of God. We have received a brand new divine nature. We've become members of the royal family in heaven. The Holy Spirit indwells us. We become joint heirs with Christ. We rank higher than the angels. Born again, born from above, born twice. Thank God. Amen. Amen. How did it happen? The incorruptible seed of the word of God. The incorruptible seed of the word of God the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. The fall of man, think about this, and, I'm, and we're at the end here, but think about this. The fall of man began with the failure to believe God's word, didn't it? Eve believed a lie from the devil. Oh, God's holding back from you. God, God doesn't want you to have what he's got. And she doubted God and doubted his character and doubted his concern and care and intent towards her. So she failed to believe the word of God and down they went. How are you saved? When you believe the word of God. So the way man went down, he comes back up. The way he lost the garden, he does the opposite and regains the garden by believing the word of God. Amen? <laughs> Chapter one closes with a powerful word about the word of God. Let's see what it says. And I want you to read this out loud with me as we close. Verses 24 to 25. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. In today's message from Pastor Jeff, 
he illustrated the importance of immersing yourself in God's redemptive grace. When you live every day under the promise of God's mercies, nothing is the same. Jumpstart your life today by letting grace wash you white as snow. There's nothing that you'll ever have to do to enter God's kingdom. It's only by the power of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross that you're saved. Change the trajectory of your life today. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. You've been listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Would you be interested in helping support this ministry as we further the gospel? All you have to do is go to hardwired.org and click on Donate. We're so grateful for your continued support in listening to this program and also investing in the ministry. Once again, the website is hardwired.org to donate. Here's Daniel one more time with a sneak peek about the next edition. In his next message, Pastor Jeff wants to remind you to always turn to God's saving grace in times of difficulty. Be consistent in utilizing the boundless grace available through your faith. Discover the resilience and comfort that come from relying on God's saving grace as a guiding force through life's challenges. As you journey through the adversity of this world, let the assurance of God's grace be a constant wealth of strength, keeping you in communion with Christ. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we studied God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.